Haiti. Gets a block! It's unbelievable! But it's happened! <laughs> Good afternoon, sports fans. Welcome to the Halftime Orange, and good afternoon to you, Jesse Cassley. How are you, my friend? Righto, champs. Not much for keeping it casual, huh? Oh, Jesus, one little thing that I say. Thanks very much, you melting hippo. The one brief you had was keep it casual, keep it easy, man. It's the one thing. And what do you do? First thing you do, you mess it up. <laughs> you, know me. you know me, you mate. Nothing, nothing by half measures, mate. But I am good, thank you, mate. How about yourself? Mate, I'm going very well, and I have a question for you. I have an Olympics-related question. Oh, hit me, buddy. I love these ones. If you could be an Olympic champion in any sport, which sport would it be and why? Oh, tough question, mate. But you started me off with a real tough question. Oh, you know me, mate. This is what we do here. We, we're going to ask the tough questions. We're going to give the viewers and the listeners what they want. Yeah, fair, fair. I, I reckon <laughs> I would probably say rugby sevens, mate. I reckon those boys are absolutely <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mate, I don't absolute disagree. Beast. Good contact sport. Big contact sport requires a big engine, which we know you absolutely have. Oh, I've got that in spades, mate. I can run for days. <laughs> oh, I love it. I well, absolutely more love it. More involved. Yeah, mate, that's all that matters. 100%. No, couldn't agree more. That's a great pick, actually. I, I really appreciate that. It's good. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Sammy? Speaking of Olympics, mate, how have you, uh, how have you found the coverage so far? Mate, it's been an unbelievable fortnight, but I actually do have one major thing on the games that I want to talk about. Oh, if if you will indulge me, Sammy. Um, so I just think that, and don't get me wrong, I think the Tokyo 2020 organisers with everything they had to play and deal with have done a fantastic job. But one part of the mixed messaging has really got me. Yeah, and it's how, just how, how would you do it better? Well, I don't know that I'd do too much better. I just think I'd I'd have a little bit more clarity and and actually maybe have a direct opinion. Can the athletes have sex or not? No one really knows. <laughs> like, so hear me out. This is what we've gone through over the last fortnight. So the first thing that comes out is, is the cardboard beds thing and that the cardboard beds have been designed and that they will break with the first touch, the first the first movement that isn't just stationary sleep too. And it was done to stop the athletes having sex. All right. So yeah, I don't know about you, Sammy, but I'd still give it a go on a cardboard bed. Mate, I, I, no issues with giving it a go on the cardboard. But also, let's never mind the fact that we're talking about the eleven thousand most athletically gifted people on the planet. I reckon they can find a different way if the bed's not a goer. Right? <laughs> so never mind that. So then it comes out that it's fake news that the beds can actually support two hundred kilos. They are in fact sturdier than. Uh, normal wooden frame beds they get used in in uh, shelters and all sorts of things during environmental crisis and whatnot um, so they're saying no 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 we're not suggesting that at all and then they go and it gets thrown out and added in as well that the games organizers have given out 160,000 condoms right across <laughs> how many did you say there Sammy? One hundred and sixty thousand. 
Oof, wow, EBT. Well, how many athletes are there? 11,000, roughly 11,000 athletes. Jeepers. So what, is, what, is that, per, what does that work out each, mate? So per athlete, 14, roughly 14.1 condoms. Now, it, we're unconfirmed how many genders are at the game, but let's assume that, say, 50% of the athletes are the ones that would actually be using said, said rubber accessories. <laughs> That's potentially 28 romps. So they're going, Oof. yeah, go, go for your life. The but, Romp Olympics, here we go. But go for your life. But you have to leave within 48 hours after you compete your final event. So not only Oof. are we saying you can do it, but you have to do it super fast. And you have to do as much sex as you can get in <laughs> in that 48-hour period. Oh, but by the way, you're not allowed to 100 meters sprint kind of quick or? Well, shit. Yeah, I don't know. What was that Some time? 10 in seconds. The, what was the time in the 100 meter final? Well, actually, we shouldn't get started on the 100 meter final because we don't know if that's going to get thrown out or not. But anyway, <laughs> oh, I just think the mixed messaging is just really bizarre. And the, the actual games organizers came out and said, no, we gave the, these to the athletes, but it's a gesture of the closing of the games and they're not to be used until you do get home. Like. <laughs> Oh, I'm just, and I mean, we, we spoke about this before and you made a great point. Didn't you like, imagine you taking home 28 condoms with you as you, as you get off the Qantas flight to land in Sydney and security, <laughs> or even better, you're going onto the plane at Tokyo and security are sitting there going, any metal, mate? No, I've got a heap of rubber. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And I pop up with some uh, awkward conversations there with Barry at our uh, border security. Just, just barrier broad security. Purpose of your visit? Oh, rooting. <laughs> I'm sure they but, give it a go. I, no, I wonder whether they um sidetrack. I wonder whether they open up the uh, the gymnastics at night time after all the competitions have gone and <laughs> just open it up and you know they use uh, the equipment there to as they're pleasing. A couple of sex swings involved and you're good to go. Just the trampoline center. Just. <laughs> Yeah. Just like three or three or four overachievers just sitting there going, look, I reckon we can do this while we're floating. Just jumping up and down. <laughs> well, just, they've got uh, they've got about 48 chances, don't they? So they can go for it. Just a one and a half pike position route. <laughs> no, look, fair play to the games organisers. They did an incredible job. Fair play to the athletes after seeing what uh, the the show that they put on for the last fortnight. They can have all the sex that they want and probably with themselves if they're going back into quarantine for two weeks. But, you know, these things happen. Um, and what and, do you reckon? So we, so we found out there's 160,000 condoms. But what do you yeah. think the flavor distribution is across that? Do you reckon there's a, there's a split even proportion across between raspberry, passion fruit and the strawberry? Or are they going to lean more towards the side berry or... Uh, you know, Buddha's hand, citrus kind of flavor. Uh, well, it depends where they're sourcing these condoms from. I, <laughs> you know, there are some very strange delicacies in Tokyo. I have been to Tokyo once upon a time, and I can tell you it is not hard to get your hands on some eel and some octopus. And, <laughs> you know, hey, I've heard of I've heard of some fishy things before, but I don't know if you want to be adding that <laughs> into the mix voluntarily. <laughs> Good old Jurex over there. Man, man, yeah. Just what a, a deal that is, though, sitting, for Durex, yeah. Sitting at your desk one day, and someone just gives you a call. Hey, mate, it's after a bit of a bulk order here for you, mate. Oh, yeah, shit, mate. What are you after? 
Oh, about 160,000 condoms. <laughs> ah, easy, mate. Just your regular Tuesday afternoon order. Is this Baza, is it? Nah, nah, it's Sherry. <laughs> oh, I just, can we, I reckon we need to circle back to this next week. And can we actually see if we actually do a bit of a, you know, fortunate, we're fortunate to know a couple of the, the couple of Olympians that were at the games. But I think there's got to be a freedom for information thing. If we can find out which company had to do that order, it would be epic. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that'd be. Imagine being like little Jimmy in marketing, just getting that phone call as you said coming through, just going, "Hey," and like just casually sauntering out into the into the distribution center, going, "Guys, uh, everyone's doing overtime because we need to get one hundred and sixty thousand of these to Tokyo for next week." Yeah, I wonder if they even got them branded as well. Oh, I was thinking the exact same thing. How good would it be? Like, you don't need to get a tattoo anymore. Like, it's just there. Yeah, start seeing it pop up on an eBay, genuine uh, Tokyo Olympics condom, and then they'll start popping up used and used and abused, and it's probably got yeah. more money. Depends depends which country yeah. uses it, I guess. It's now there's now six rings. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, they've done a fantastic job. Uh, the games organised in Tokyo, and as we said, the eco-friendly beds are all being recycled. Um, now as well, so which which, which all, all all things to do, you know, but that by itself is a great cause on its own. Absolutely, and as long as uh, you know, I, I read that the mattresses are getting recycled into plastic products. I think there should maybe be like an exit interview for the athletes going. Do you um, think it's suitable for this mattress to be to be recycled? <laughs> yes or no? Well, what what if what if Durex send them the condoms and then Tokyo just send Durex eleven thousand mattresses, which they turn into go back into condoms. <laughs> The circle, oh, the circle and condom. The circle, the circle is complete. We go to Paris in three years' time, and it's, and it's just a continuous cycle. <laughs> that seems pretty sustainable to me. I mean, you've just you just solved half of the world's plastic issues. <laughs> That's what we do here, mate. That's what this, uh, this podcast all is all about. Solving the big issues. It's all about the big issues, be it in sport or slightly left a field of sport. <laughs> Alrighty, Sammy. Now we've been chatting a bit more about Olympics. I've got another one here for you. Hit me, um, mate. Hit me. It's uh, it's been thrown around a little bit here and there, uh, in particular quite recently. Uh, the term "goat," greatest uh, of all time. G O A T. Yes. G O A T. That is right, mate. It's uh, you know, been notably thrown around in the gymnastics recently, um, but more so probably the last five to 10 years, I think it's really picked up you know, the whole hashtag goat um, yeah. movement, if you will, is, uh, has skyrocketed it. What's your, yeah, what's your thoughts on it, mate? Um, oh, without being a Debbie Downer, mate, I think I think it gets thrown around far too easily is uh is my is the first thing that comes to mind with it there, there are don't get me wrong there are some incredibly talented athletes on, on this planet and, and some incredible sports people um but they just can't everyone can't be the goat it defeats the premise of the whole thing it's the greatest of all time uh, that's my first take what do, what do you reckon first up what do you got for me yeah i'm with you man with you gets thrown around a lot um and whether it's uh, your cricketing or whether it's not actually an elite athlete, it just seems to get thrown around. I mean, we need to establish a bit of ground rules and what's actually considered a go. Um, the uh, the halftime orange one two threes of the goat. 
<laughs> That's the one, mate. I think number one, uh, more championships than any other player, whether it be mixture of personal and, and team-based. Um, I think that's the easiest, most clear measure of a Yeah, go. you can't, like, particularly in team sport, this is where it does my head in. So, simple one, and this will, this will probably anger everyone on the planet. We go to, to soccer or football, right? Everyone talks about Messi and Ronaldo, as, as which one of them is the GOAT. Neither of them is, go, is the GOAT. They've never won the World Cup. Like, that's the that's the pinnacle of the game. It's the world game. It's the beautiful game. And neither of them won it. Stop talking about it. It's done. Wait till one of them wins it. One of them wins it, then that's probably the, the end of the issue. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard. Like, you can't... They're, they're both still playing. It's still... There's still plenty of time in their career. There's still plenty of other good players around. Oh, of course there is. But, you know, I, I think, yeah, as, as you said, we're, we're going on... You have to win. It's competitive sport. If you're going to be the greatest of all time, you better have won something. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. What about number two? Change the game. Someone that's changed the game. Okay. So let's let's think about that with reference. Probably okay. Let's go go look at it from that angle. But let's look at it with who who you and I actually believe are you know athletes we can consider the goat of their respective sport. So, you know, first one that comes to mind for you? Uh, Tom Brady, for sure. All right. Yep. Love it. Uh, and I can think off the top of my head in a way that he's changed the game. Um, you look at, you know, never mind the fact that yep, six, six times Super Bowl, Bowl winner, multiple times Super Bowl MVP, Pro Bowl. He's now won um, the NFL championship at two different franchises. But like, what? What did he just turn forty three? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's getting there. You know, we're talking about an athlete. You want to talk about changing the game? It's the longevity of playing careers. This guy's invested in his body. You look at what Russell Wilson came out with. You know, six twelve months ago about how he's now investing more than a million dollars a year on his body to to for that longevity. He's saying he reckons he can play until he's forty five. So that's. <laughs> Yeah, I reckon you're spot on with, with that with, with Brady. I'll, I'll throw one at you that will – I know this is a great one because you and I stir each other up on this. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. <laughs> Some big LBJ fans will disagree with you there, mate. Yeah, big LBJ fans can go and – I won't say it. But <laughs> He's got his own space jam now, mate. That's the barometer for, for the go to basketball <laughs> is having your own space jam movie. <laughs> Hang on, isn't it? Isn't the barometer changing the game and having championships? Well, then MJ's got him covered. Yeah, <laughs> but you Six mentioned championships Brady having in, championships in seven seasons at multiple different clubs. What about LeBron James? Well, so we're going to go down the whole avenue of the fact that Jordan stayed with the Bulls and then went and played for the Wizards for what two seasons? <laughs> never, baseball, never. A little nudge. No, he went and played baseball and then came back and won another three championships. Yeah. That's changing the game. Dual sport athlete. Yeah. A bit like you, Sammy. Yeah, what are my two sports? Sitting on the couch <laughs> and hurling abuse at officials. Yeah. Both very, very, very important. Okay, so we've got uh, changing the game. You've got uh, more championships. championships. What, are we, what are we looking at? Number three. I don't know, Sammy. What are, you, what are you thinking? I think it's about longevity. 
I, I think you've got to – you have to stand the test of time. Yeah. I, I don't – and, and this, this directly relates to what, what we've been talking about and what we've been seeing. So the two most prominent examples for me, particularly in the last fortnight, you've got Simone Biles, um, who and, – and by the way, should absolutely be commended the way that uh, this young woman has come out and very openly spoken about her mental health troubles and her need to put to put that first. And, and But she has cited the pressure that she is receiving and that, that goes on to her day-to-day life. You're a 24-year-old girl at her third Olympic Games. She debuted at the Olympics when she was 15 years old because we're nine years since, uh, since London. Right? She's won six Olympic gold medals. Uh, I think she's won 19 world championship golds. I think 19 or 21 off the top of my head. And we've got everyone, every man and his dog in the United States calling this girl the GOAT. Now, I think she's one of the best pure athletes I've ever seen. I don't know a lot about gymnastics other than that it looks fucking <laughs> difficult, right? But how are we – can we be living in this world where you're calling a 24 year old the guy? Because what happened, the direct response of it is, is yeah, look, she, she very well will be. She probably 99% will be if she can come back from this, but she's coming and they're going, Oh, she's going to win. She's going to break all the records. She's going to win six gold medals. She's going to have 10 golds all time. And what happens? Makes an error, pulls out of the team competition pulls out of the all around and decides to only compete in the beam in the individual competition. So, and she, where she wins bronze, which is great that she was able to, to come back and actually compete. That was fantastic. But if you're now going to, if you're going to stick to your guns, America, I'm looking at you. How are you going to, are you still going to call her the goat when she's brought home one bronze instead of six gold medals? What are you going to do now? What happens to the conversation now? Correct. I, I think it's got to be about longevity. If she if she had gone through these games and come into the games, of course there would have been pressure and of course there would have been talk, but that can be moderated and it can be managed. And she could have come into the games and, and won three gold medals and then, yeah, you know what, she probably is the greatest of all time, but just let her have her career. And then when she's 40 and she's hung the tights up and she's strolling around the suburbs in some loose-fitting denim jeans just chilling out, Maybe she goes and has a slice of pizza because she probably hasn't eaten anything for 45 years. Then, <laughs> then you can call her the goat. Yeah, I agree. We just got to just enjoy these athletes in the moment and just let them live, let them, let, them, let them play to their best and assess it once they're done. Yeah, and I think, and that would be fantastic is that everyone just needs to chill out a little bit. Just let's actually enjoy getting to watch some of these incredible feats of athletic dominance and enjoy it for what it is without having to hold this imaginary barometer while they're competing. Um, yeah, I, look, I mean, we're on the, um, we're on the Olympic topic. Who do you reckon? All-time Olympic goat? Well, I was there. It leads into the next one, doesn't it? You look at someone like, um, I think it's two-part one. You've got someone... You know, in the pool, like Malcolm Phelps, who's got 28 yep. medals, 23 gold, three silver, and two bronze. Yeah. Um, you know, holding, making him the most successful, you know, Olympian of all time, really. Um, oh. But you know, he's got he's got three silver, he's got two bronze. 
to when you compare him to someone who, like Usain Bolt, who has eight golds, zero silver, yes. zero bronze. He dominated uh, one of the most highly contested you know, sports in the Olympics. What um, what what's it? Right. Ray Yuri, same thing. Athletics as well. Um, 1970s, eight gold medals, zero silver, zero bronze. You know, there, there has to be, you know, I completely agree is where do you sit? Where do you sit on on sheer number of wins versus Arthur dominance in that you don't lose? And you flip that to something like if we look at boxing, yeah, controversial figure, genius businessman, but Floyd Mayweather undefeated. Yeah. Undefeated. We can certainly take a couple of professional <laughs> fights off that list, I think, starting with the McGregor fight. But I think, yeah, there has to be something said for that type of dominance where you just don't ever get beat. You're never on the losing side of it. Um and and then you know as you brought up with me the other day is what about sports like tennis, um, where we're in this really precarious position with tennis at the minute with Federer and Nadal and Djokovic all having won the same number of Grand Slam titles, and then we've also got in the women's game you've got Serena Williams versus um, the figure she who's named, named yeah she who shall not be named until she shuts the fuck up, um, I, yeah. <laughs> Tennis is crying out now for Serena to win one more so that we can actually just be done with it and never have to talk about that other person again. So fingers crossed Serena can come over, can uh, walk into Flushing Meadows this year and dominate at the US Open. Yeah, knock Margie off the perch. But if you, so if you're going through Federer and Nadal Djokovic right now, do you, do you even bother trying to split them or you just go, no, there's not an actual... Tough, yeah. yeah on paper... Now we talked about more championships. They're all they're all pretty similar. Um, they're all virtually identical. Um, the only major difference that I can see separates them is that Djokovic is a bastard. No one likes him, and everyone, <laughs> everyone loves Federer. And he's an angel. What about Nadal though? There's a, lot, there's a lot of time for Nadal, and if I I reckon I could separate them, Nadal's the only one of them with a gold medal in singles competition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I agree, Djok- Djokovic is a bastard, so we can eradicate him from the list. <laughs> Maybe that needs to be the, uh, the number four on the list there. Has to be liked. Don't, the don't be a dick rule. Don't be a dick rule, yeah. The Ad- the Adam yeah. Hills rule. Shout, shout out Adam Hills. The just four simple words, don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, sounds pretty good to me, mate. So to summarise that, Michael... Michael Jordan's the goat. Is Michael Jordan's a the goat? goat. My, Michael <laughs> Jordan's the goat. So we'll just leave Michael Jordan's the goat. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Jesse, would you? Do you consider yourself a betting man? I don't mind. A little bit of a punt here and there, Sammy boy. A little bit of a flutter, if you will. Oh, yeah, baby. All right, that's what we're doing now. This uh, this segment, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, big shout-out to the boys from Dingley Jet, one of Jesse's favourite bands, actually. Oh, yeah, mate. 
Oh yeah, that your new new catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna sound sound be, like that and just record that all the way along. Oh yeah. Ooh, it's like smooth and sultry as well. I love everything about it. <laughs> Never do that again. <laughs> just hit the pitch, mate. Um all right, so the premise of this is fifty bucks a week. So you're gonna pick a leg and throw twenty bucks on it. I'm gonna pick one. Throw twenty on it, and then we're gonna come come up with a, a leg between the two of us. Combine the other two to it for a three leg multi with ten on it. So fifty bucks spend a week. Um, we actually we did a trial one of these last week, uh, which was the uh, we both came up with Sweden to beat Japan in the in the women's soccer. I think it was the quarterfinals at dollar fifty three. Uh, you then had. The bunnies to demolish the dragons, which was then voided and cancelled, unfortunately. Which ended up getting up uh, due to, <laughs> which would have got up, which is a shame. And then I had the uh, Australia boys bouncing back versus Germany in the men's basketball to cover the line at minus eight and a half at a dollar ninety. So with uh, with two of those, well, the two legs that were live coming through, we we were up thirty seven dollars and seven cents last week. So it was a good start. Uh, but Jesse, why don't you start us off? What's your uh, what's your pick? What's your first one off? Cab off the rank, if you would. Yeah, uh, gone a bit of a bit more of a an out of the box one. Um, heading across the WA, mate. Uh, you've got yep. Brisbane who are in all sorts out of playing away from home. Uh, yeah, we've got three who love off the stadium. So I've just gone neither team wire to wire. I'm thinking if Brisbane. Turn up like they did against Hawthorne and you know give Frio a sniff for the first couple of quarters, and then they come back strong yep. and uh, finish the game off. So that's giving us uh, what value are we getting there? Two dollars ten on those odds, mate. Two dollars ten on that one. Yeah. Two ten. I love it. I love it. Anything could happen, and that works for us. How about you, Sammy? What, what um, have you got, mate? I've gone for what I think is the best odds I have seen in a very long time. I'm going to the MCG for the Hawthorne Collingwood game. Uh, Tom Mitchell most touches at two dollars ten. The bloke loves leather, loves it, loves and, it. And uh, you know, there's some, don't get me wrong, there's some really good players on that park, but Tom Mitchell absolutely loves it. He will eat him up. He'll have at least thirty-five touches, if not forty. Uh, so that's a no-brainer. That's it. And uh, what's the what did we come up with together? I think we looked NRL, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we decided to switch the codes up a little bit and um, come up to the Gold Coast, mate. We've got Gold Coast, a uh, bit, bit of a Queensland derby going on here. Gold Coast versus North Queensland. Um, yep, North Queensland on a, on a seven-game losing streak. Yeah, yeah, and Titans are sort of vying for a top spot in the finals. Um, the Titans have a great they won the last two, and, so uh, I think haven't had more than ten points scored against them in the last four games. Um, and Cowboys are just pretty hit or miss most of the time. Miss, <laughs> so we've taken the under fifty-three point five uh, total point line there, getting us one dollar ninety. Yeah, that's it. I think that both teams average forty-nine points as a combined for and against each each game, and with a lot of teams playing at Gold Coast, I think it could be. Obviously, I think the, the Titans will get over the line, but I think it might be a little bit of a lower scoring game than, than what we'd see. Yeah, I agree with you. So what does that give us? Gives us so we're twenty bucks on uh, on Tommy Mitchell at two dollars ten, twenty bucks on neither team wire to wire out west at two dollars ten, and then ten bucks at eight dollars thirty seven for that multi. So 
there's certainly some value in that. Uh, so we will. Uh, that's going to be a weekly. We're going to check back in. Those odds. Uh, big thank you to Sportsbet supplying those odds. Uh, in no way or shape or form <laughs> is this pon- podcast sponsored by Sportsbet. Uh, it's not sponsored by anyone. Hey, if you want to throw some bonus bets our way, hey, we would really appreciate that because Lord knows I've lost a bet or two over the uh, over the years. <laughs> See, all this talking, Sammy. Oh, that sounded... All this talking yes. got me thirsty, mate. How about you? I'll tell you what, hey, you know me, mate. I'm always, always ready for a coldie. Uh, I do have a... Oh, let me ask you a question, Jesse. What's the crack? Oh, yeah, what the crack, mate. This is the great this segment. This is going to be my favourite part of the day. 100%, yeah. Every week here we're going to bring a new, a new beer to the uh, to the podcast. Um, again, no way, shape or form is this sponsored. But again, if you'd like to send free beer to either of us, we will gladly accept. Yeah, yeah. Gladly accept and, and drink it. And just just, just uh, quality control testing, Sam. That's what most of my life is based around. I'm just doing the good for the community, mate. Anyway. It's, it, it's, it is not about you. It is about the greater good. And I... All for it. <laughs> Look, someone's got to do the hard yard, and I'm I'm prepared to put in the time and commitment it takes to uh, the product test for the community. Sam, are you prepared? Are you prepared think... to donate a portion of your life to that? A portion of my life or a portion of my liver? Which one are you asking? Yeah. I'll take a bit of both, mate. Take a bit of both. This, well, mate, you we. We know that you are the man to go to if there is ever a question about a product on the uh, tasty side of life. Let's call it the tasty side of life, the bright side of life. <laughs> what uh, what do you got for us this week? What are you well, what are you starting this off week? Sammy, I've just gone with a bit of a mainstay here. The one's um, it's been around for a while. It's had a bit of rebranding recently. Um, that's from the boys just down the road from Atomic. Beer project, um, brilliant. At Redfern in Sydney, so they're uh, sort of under the, the umbrella of, of Gage Roads from WA, who you know we're both quite a big fan of. Um, so I'm just going to tell me pale ale here, mate. It's a sort of a modern pale ale, quite fruity, and lots of good hops coming in there. Refreshing um, as always. Yeah, refreshing as always. It's quite good. Um, it's not going to knock your socks off like a big double IPA. It's not going to um, go crazy, but it's something you can just have day in, day out, mate. A bit like uh, a bit like Josh Kennedy at the Sydney Swans, you know. No matter what the well, what the wave throws at him, every week he just turns up, does the job, smashes out of the park, and keeps going. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I thought, in the name of sport, in the name of good beer, you could maybe liken liken a beer to an athlete, and you've got, you've nailed it straight off the back. Josh Kennedy, yeah. ever reliable, ever reliable, Josh Kennedy, and you know what, looks good, easy on the eye. Right, Sammy. Now while we're on uh, while we're on Sydney Swans, mate, after Josh Kennedy, he's oh yes, a good mate of his. He's uh, he's coming up to a massive milestone. The big, oh. the one and only Buddy Franklin. This is the only thing getting me through the football season at the minute, Jess. The only thing, yeah, I'd be saying the same thing if I was a St Kilda supporter, mate. Well, I mean, look, 
it's a it's a bittersweet. Well, it's not even really bittersweet. It was a hell of a night for me last night. It's been a tough year, and it sort of goes against what I think you're about to to talk about. But the Saints were excellent last night. But what have, what have you got for us in terms of Buddy Franklin? Well, I think there's a little bit of a segment here, mate. A bit of a Buddy Watch, I reckon. Uh, we've got one of the Buddy Watch of our generation coming up to a a massive milestone that is gonna propel him into that goat category. Um, yep. It does seem Don't disagree. Fitting, it does seem fitting that we just sort of, I think we just touch base and see how he's cracking on, mate. How is he cracking on at the moment? Well, it was only it was held to one goal last night. Callum Wilkie, big Callum Wilkie, did an unbelievable job on him. Uh, so he's gone from I think he was he was nine eight five last night, and he's gone to nine eight six now. Just the one, yep, yep. Um, so it's yeah. There, there are there is uh, I can't speak. Uh, That's right. Same that happens I, um, for the best of us, mate. Especially when the Sanders are involved. <laughs> Um, so we got we got, we got nine eighty six. So we got fourteen more to go for the big ticket one thousand. Fourteen more to go. What have we got? So two two home and away rounds to go. So is um have you got a? What are we looking for? Are we, are we looking for a prediction here? Well, I think so. I mean, we've got you know they're rolling in next week to uh, against North Melbourne, who you know. Bottom of the table. Shit, he, right could kick off, so. he could kick off 14 of them. He could kick off 14 of them. Who have they got round 23? And then it rolls into Gold Coast. Oh, shit. It could be done. So, there's a, yeah, there's a big gap in both of those. Um, both teams are love to get kicked against and scored on. And, and the Swans are holding firm at... Uh, well, the fifth on the ladder with Brisbane still to play this round. So that could send them to sixth. Then, so you, 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 they won't, they, you don't think they'd finish higher than fifth. I think that's the absolute upper limit. They finish fifth. They get a home final, you know, against potentially GWS, West Coast, Essendon, Richmond, Fremantle, potentially the Saints. You never know. God forbid, man. God forbid. Uh, what do we think? Okay, right, so here's one. You'd, you'd love, you'd Give, love to see him run out to the MCG to sixty thousand. I'm plus so glad people. you've said this. Yeah, you'd 60, love for him to 60, do 000. it. And... I want hundred and twenty thousand people. I want people hanging from the rafters. <laughs> I want. I'd love we can, for can we finally at the uh, the G. Can we? Can we just? Okay, so here's the thing. Can't we just fuck off Richmond Carlton as the curtain raiser? Yeah. Like, yeah. Bring so. In. What's, what do we say? He needs what? Uh, uh, what does he need? 14 more? 14 more. 14, 14 more. more goals. 14 more. He kicks on average three goals a game. So let's say that the Swans play four more games this year. Yeah. That means he could, let, let's say hypothetically, he's 9 8. He's uh, what? 9 9 8. Yeah. Comes back around, ticks the legs over next year. Of course, he's ticking the legs over next year. And round one. Friday night, MCG, Sydney Hawthorne, oh. Buddy Franklin struts onto the MCG in front of 110,000 people and kicks goal number 1,000. Oh, it would be incredible. I can hear the uplifting, bittersweet symphony tunes just like I can hear it 
just crescendoing up, crescendoing up as he comes around on that natural angle and just slots one from 52 metres out. Crowd goes wild, whole ground, 100,000 people, none of them wearing masks because COVID doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) And just absolute fucking pandemonium. Pandemonium, that's the word, mate. It's a a once in a generation type uh, moment, I think. Have you been on a? Have you been ever in a like in an all in on the ground an AFL game for anything? Uh, I haven't, mate. I've been on after the game quite a few times. I've never run on for anything. Have you, Sammy? Uh, I was on when Favola kicked the hundred. Ah, uh, yep. I believe. I think that's the game that I was at because there was what well, there was a year. What was the, the was there a year where two two of them nearly did it in the same game? Didn't Buddy and Fev nearly kick a hundred for the season in the same game, oh, and they okay. shut down Fev? Yeah. Uh, but I tell you what, that was the roar on. Uh, I think it was Marvel Stadium, or I think it was probably Eddie had might have been Colonial Stadium at the time. But the roar on the place when that happened was simply outrageous. It was so much fun. Everyone's just running on. Kids kicking snaps from twenty meters out. You got half of the people tried to half of them tried to run at Fev, and the other half just wanted to try and slot goals at the other end. Yeah. So, uh, oh, look, let's hope he does it uh, next. I, I mean, I want him to do it next year. I, I think it will be next year. I think it'll be next year as well. I agree. Yep, it'll be good for so the game. We'll, we'll keep an eye on. We'll, we'll keep an eye on Buddy Watch. We'll certainly come back to that next week after he towers up. The North Melbourne Footy Club, yeah, yeah, and kicks a bag. I I had him pegged to kick a bag against you boys this week, mate. So that's a hats off, yeah. Cullen Wilkie was incredible on him. We had we had two big key defender outs in in Hunter Clark and uh, and Dougal Howard, and Cullen Wilkie did an incredible job to shut him down. He just didn't get the run on the ball that he wanted, but uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I was expecting him to kick about three or four myself. <laughs> Uh, it'd be good to see a carry through the next uh, year with a legend to go over. Yeah, we're with you, buddy. Give us give us a thousand, mate. Alrighty, Sammy. We've got one more segment here for the night, mate. This is uh, a five and five countdown of the, the plays of the week. Um, five plays, five minutes. I like it. Five plays, five minutes, mate. All right, why don't you start us off, mate? Coming in at number five here, uh, you know, keeping with the theme of the Olympics, we've got the overall Olympic team from the Aussies there. You know, absolutely phenomenal efforts from the from the whole team there with 17 gold, seven silver and 22 bronze for a total of 46 medals. Uh, coming in at sixth place, uh, you know, whether you call that fifth, who knows what Russian Olympic Committee Comprises of and where they're from and state-sanctioned fun in Russia. <laughs> how many robots they're built from? <laughs> and our mo- equal most successful Olympics tied with Athens in 04. There we go. Yeah, exactly. So, absolutely, yeah, phenomenal from everyone involved there. It's just great result. Um, with the medals on the board. So good to watch. Excellent. Number four. Uh, and we're going to stay. We're going to stay in Tokyo. But uh, the Australian swim team were just—they set the tone for the Australians this whole week uh, and whole fortnight. It was utter dominance, particularly the Aussie girls. Um, Ariane Titmus, 
Kaylee McEwen, Emma McEwen, um, Kate Campbell, our flag bearer, they were unbelievable. Um, big shout out as well to uh, someone who I'm now a huge fan of, Dean Boxall, going absolutely apeshit supporting our Tipper's home over the top of Katie Ledecky in the 400 metres. That was unreal. And that was, I think, just helped encompass everything that Australians were about. It was, it was all in. 100% commitment, and those girls particularly were unbelievable in the pool. Yeah, correct, mate. You can just see the emotion boiling over, and, yeah, it was incredible to see. Uh, yeah. Jesse, number three. Number three got? here. Uh, just from, I think it was yesterday morning, Nicola McDermott. Uh, sitting, yeah, last night, yeah. Sitting in the new Australian record for high jump. The first Australian female to clear two metres. Um, and it was such a great year. She's always got the biggest smile on her face. Uh, she's there. She writes her writes her notebook after every jump, and I dare say that'll be worth gold one day when she writes her own little biography. I'm sure. Uh, but she always is yeah, one of the happiest people you see on TV, and she just puts everything in on it. And it was just incredible to watch. The emotion and just the full on commitment. And I, I saw a couple of descriptions of it on Twitter. Someone described it as. Uh, Nicola McDermott is so wonderfully weird and I love everything about it and it was just I was engrossed to what she was doing her jumping she nearly cleared 204 as well that bar only just came down she was nearly in a gold medal position she was fantastic Um, big ups Nicola McDermott there you go for number two Sammy Uh, number two this was awesome the decathlon um, Ash Maloney wins bronze for Australia in the men's decathlon. It was our first medal on uh, on the track during this Olympics. Um, but the big part of it for me was Cedric Dubler, his teammate who sacrificed himself for the final event of that 1500. Um, Ash was, was in third place as that event started. He knew that his competitors in fourth and fifth would go really hard in the 15 and that they ran it better than him. So Cedric Dubler paced him for the first three laps. And then that fourth lap, he nearly without he couldn't obviously touch him, but he gave, put everything into that bloke and he shoved him forward, wheeled him on. And uh, you could see the sheer elation from Cedric as he finished last. But he saw when Ash crossed the line and and was guaranteed that bronze medal. It was just pure Aussie spirit doing everything for your mate, uh, proper Anzac spirit in the trenches. Yeah. That was one of the best things I've seen in the Olympics. Just highlighting the mateship, what a great value, huh? 100%. And number one, Jesse, number five one. moments, five minutes. This has what to be one of the biggest moments in, in Australian history, really, mate. The boomers coming in bronze. Uh, and the basketball there, but just the, the build-up to it. You know, you, you saw it all boil over with the guys. You saw Paddy Mills turn it up on the final day. and uh, Put the put them on his back. Yeah, just carries them through there. It's a shame it wasn't for the gold medal. It wasn't to be. Um, but the bronze, nevertheless, is just incredible. And you just see it with Andrew Gaze talking uh, after the event and he's, you know, he's crying, he's in tears on live TV and, you can just see how much it means to every single person and for basketball as a whole for Australia, just come and land that and, and bring it up to the big dogs and say, you know what, here we are, we're, we're here to play. And that was it. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that that was our first first um, medal in, in the men's basketball and that 
it had taken that long and hearing Gazy speak about those stories was unbelievable um, and about how that program started with um, only 200 registered basketballers in Australia and to have the Olympics always as that goal, as an Olympic medal as that goal and for them to, to do that, it was just that it's incredible as Australians for us to be so proud of a bronze medal. Usually it's it's that gold or nothing sort of thing and I think that's the, I think the really cool thing is we look at this whole list you know, we, our top three things are all about two bronzes and a silver. The uh, that whole basketball program, Australian basketball program, both men's and women's, should be so proud because they represented us unbelievably well in Tokyo. And I think France in twenty twenty four is only going to be bigger. I agree, mate. It's been a it's been a sixty year effort, and I think there's a lot more exciting stuff to happen. All right, well, that's just about full time here on the halftime orange. Uh, Jesse, I want you to leave us, if you could, leave us with something. You sent me a tweet earlier today um, from someone called Roger Sherman. And big Roger. I would love big, big Roger. Um, and it's got a reply on it as well from a fellow called Bradford Pearson. Uh, Jesse, what have you got? Just a little tidbit to leave it uh, thinking about for the week. What if? Yep. What if, Sammy? What if? Every four years, the triathlon was a different combination of three Olympic sports drawn out of a hat at the opening ceremony. I mean, sure, I'm sure they'll probably find a better way to draw them out than out of a hat. And then, no, I think that'd be awesome. Out of a legitimate hat, like at Paris, they do it out of a beret. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, and then you've got when it comes to Brisbane, what do they do out of a Legionnaire's hat or something? Oh, I think they'll just be ridiculous legionnaires hat. That <laughs> took me sorry, that took me a second. That's quite good. Um, oh man, they'll just go full Aussie, and someone will get Nakuba out, and it will just look really nasty. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, leaves a bit of uh, room for creative yeah. freedom. Yeah, um, so three three sports are drawn out of a hat. Drawn out of a hat, and they have to be from the Olympics. Uh, and then you hold it on the last day of the Olympics, and any athlete from any sport can enter. The winner would then uh, extinguish the flame for the torch. By doing a shoey and it yeah. just like falling <laughs> yeah. off them. And that sounds pretty good. Just the biggest good. shoey of all time. But, you know, extinguishing the flame aside. you get, the flame you get aside, Dan Ricardo to do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> extinguishing the flame aside, it's a pretty cool concept. Um, I can love you, it. Can you imagine how it was coming down to the wire and that was the last medal that came into it? And you've just got three That'd random be... sports put in there together. I tell you what, that is that is certainly one way of finding your best pure athlete. Now, I, there, there, there's a lot that would obviously have to be sorted with it. But when you pull, in terms of like names coming out of the hat, is it like athletics or is it shot put? I reckon it has to be specific because you'd even like, because you can't really do just pull out rugby sevens, can you? So you'd have to. Probably pull out an individual thing, I'd say. Rugby sevens, but you play as an individual. <laughs> yeah, rugby ones. So individual events. Okay. Yeah, three individual events. So, so like you might have like trap shooting into open water swim into, into cycling time trial. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually a little bit like a triathlon. I don't like that example. As well. Yeah, 
I think it'd You're be better than that. I, I think it would be. I think it would be great if it had something like, I don't know, just two real juxtaposition sports like heavyweight weightlifting into like hundred meter sprint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even yeah, you get your you get your canoe or you get your singles tennis. Get a few random ones like that thrown in there. Yeah, into archery tennis would be good because they're, sure, they're all athletes though. That'll be. I think this would be just as good if you had randoms doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just people from the crowd. You're here to support the country. In you come. Well, don't, don't fret though, because we do have plenty more Olympics. We got Paralympics starting uh, in a couple of days' time as well. So the, you've got the Olympic action only continues, and I can't wait for the Paralympics. Um, and that will hopefully then maybe one day will it'll lead us into the program where we go Olympics, Paralympics, and then into the doping games. Yeah. That's the thing that I dream of. And then just I want to see some. I just want to see some bloke that is doped out of his mind, high on ketamine. I want to see someone run like a six and a half second hundred. Yeah. <laughs> and then just roll off the Hunger Games. For. I reckon, mate. Then we're sorted. <laughs> May the odds be ever in your favour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I love it, mate. The Halftime Orange, where absolutely everything is up for debate. Uh, mate, it has been a pleasure, as always, talking to you. Same to you, Sammy boy. Nothing's off limits. That's why I love you. Nothing's off limits at all. And we will see you all next week. Well, we won't see you, but we'll speak to you next week on the Halftime Orange. Good night, everyone. Thanks very much. Catch you. Bye. Bye.